Welcome to Accessible Art History, the podcast, the best place for art history lovers or anyone that is curious. My name is Annalisa, and I'm here to share an incredible work with you. Just a quick reminder before we get started. All sources and images will be posted on the Accessible Art History blog. You can find the link in the episode description as well as on our Instagram at accessible.art.history. Now that we have that out of the way, let's get started. In this week's episode, I'm examining a work that was pivotal for the development of the Dutch Golden Age. Its common name is the Night Watch, but the actual name is the Militia Company of District 2 under the command of Captain Franz Bonnenkoch, or the Shooting Company of Franz Bonnenkoch and William van Rutenberch. This work was painted by Rembrandt van Rijn in 1642. He is not only one of the most important names of the Dutch Golden Age, but also one of the greatest artists in the history of art. As the name suggests, this painting depicts a military procession. It is a seemingly mundane subject, but Rembrandt elevated it to a masterpiece. His use of tenebrism, size, and motion create an unforgettable work. To today, the Night Watch is a centerpiece at the Rijksmuseum's collection. To learn more about it, then keep on listening. The first thing a viewer notices about this piece is its size. It's absolutely massive. In fact, it measures at 363 centimeters by 436 centimeters. That's 11.91 feet by 14.34 feet. I'll cover this more later in the podcast, but it's important to note that the work was originally even larger. When it was moved from its original location, part of the painting along the left side in the top was cut down for an unknown reason. This also moved the focus of the work slightly off-center. The painting itself depicts a fairly standard subject, a military procession. There are numerous militia groups in the Netherlands at the time, so we have many examples to compare this work to. In the center of the piece, we see the captain of the group leading the procession. We know he's the most important figure due to the light streaming down onto him and his fancy ceremonial black outfit with a bright red sash. Walking next to him is his lieutenant. His yellow outfit is striking in the light. It also used by Rembrandt to symbolize victory, a common motif at this time. Throughout the work, there are numerous figures representing actual members of this militia group. If you look closely, you will see that each figure is different. This is because the group commissioned Rembrandt as a whole, not just the captain. They each paid him to paint their individual portraits, another common practice at the time. The final important part of this work is the use of symbolism. The most prominent point is a small girl, slightly left of center. Art historians have dubbed her the mascot of the militia order. Round her waist is a dead chicken, a stand-in for the defeated enemy. Its claws represent the arquebus, a long gun invented in the 15th century. Infantry soldiers who use these weapons are called arquebusiers. In Dutch, they are called hawkbus, or hook gun. It's kind of a similar shape to the chicken claw in their eyes. The young girl is also holding a goblet with the emblem of the order on it. Finally, there are a few oak leaves sprinkled throughout the work, mostly on the helmets. This was a symbol of the order itself and the arquebusiers. Now that we've established some background information on this piece, let's take a deep dive into its importance. Firstly, as I mentioned earlier, is its massive size. To refresh your memory, it measures at 363 centimeters by 437 centimeters or 11.91 feet by 14.34 feet. And don't forget, at one point, the work was cut down from its original size. This was quite the feat for Rembrandt. Records indicate that this work was so large, he couldn't paint it in his own studio and had to work in the military hall itself. The choice to make it this large was based on several reasons. Firstly, it was necessary with so many figures. It was just a logistical issue. With each person paying for their own portrait, Rembrandt had to make sure it was large enough for viewers to see the individual features. They wanted to get their money's worth. Secondly, by making the works this large, the figures were all life-size. This brings a viewer into the space. They can imagine themselves as a part of the procession. It is simply viewing, they are participating. This represents a shift in art. 
Monumental art was almost always reserved for religious peaches, such as altars, or porches of royalty. Rembrandt broke the mold and brought this style to the common person. In past episodes of this podcast, I've discussed the use of chiaroscuro in depth. The technique was developed by Leonardo da Vinci during the Italian Renaissance, and then expanded upon during the Baroque era by Caravaggio. Rembrandt was inspired by these two artists and took things up a notch. He created a more intense and extreme contrast of light and dark. Our historians call this tenebrism. This can most clearly be seen in the center of the work. Rembrandt created a beam of light that illuminates the captain, his lieutenant, and the young girl. This indicates to the viewer that they are the figures that we should pay attention to. Everyone else is hidden in the shadows, showing that they're not as important. Tenebrism was rarely used in this kind of painting. It was more common for equal lighting to be used, so that each figure was shown clearly to the viewer. But Rembrandt chose it to create a three-dimensionality and drama. It's a storytelling technique. The final element that Rembrandt used to paint this work is a sense of forward motion. In general, portraits were akin to still lifes. They were meant to capture a single moment in time, but Rembrandt decided to do something a bit different. The figures in this work are active and engaged with each other. The captain strides forward and points out. One of the soldiers fires his weapon. Several men play the drums, and we can imagine the cacophony. This chaos creates a realistic portrait of life. A military procession was not a boring event. It was a celebration of might and power. Rembrandt wanted to bring this to life for his viewers, and so he infuses painting with motion and vibrance. It's a remarkable shift in the history of art. Next, I'm going to discuss the artist and some more history of this work. But first, let's take a quick break. about Rembrandt. It's decisions like those that I've discussed so far that make Rembrandt one of the most famous and beloved artists, especially in reference to the Dutch Golden Age. His ability to capture his human psyche with paint was groundbreaking and has provided inspiration to many generations of artists. I believe that Auguste Rodin, the famous French sculptor, summed up Rembrandt's impact with this quote perfectly. Compare me with Rembrandt. What sacrilege? With Rembrandt, the Colossus of Art, we should prostrate ourselves before Rembrandt and never compare anyone with him. Rembrandt was born in 1606, the ninth child of a successful miller and his wife. Due to his father's wealth, he received a well-rounded education. At the age of 14, he was apprenticed to Jakob von Swanenberg. This helped foster his talent further, so by 1641, Rembrandt was able to move to Amsterdam and forge his own career. Although Rembrandt found success and was able to run a large studio, he was not very good with money. He painted and dealed in art, but lived far beyond his means. Things only got worse when his wife died, and he found himself entangled with a few women accusing him of brokerage marriage promises. Rembrandt died in 1669, ruined and in poverty. He was buried in an unmarked grave and given a pauper's funeral. It was a sad end to such an illustrious career. Some of his most famous works are The Storm on the Sea of Galilee, which was stolen in the Isabella Stewart Gardner Museum heist, numerous self-portraits, and the anatomy lesson of Dr. Nicholas Tulp. In order to understand this work, it's also important to understand who commissioned it. Franz Bannock Hock was the captain of the militia group, and he was the man that contacted Rembrandt about creating this group portrait. In total, there are 18 men featured in this painting. It was common practice in the Netherlands at this time to have something to this effect hanging in the militia hall. We even know the names of the men, as their names were painted on a shield at the top of the work, likely around 1715, when all of them had since died. 
There is one theory that states that this painting was created in anticipation of a visit to the Netherlands by the exiled Queen Marie de Medici of France. Although her son, Louis XIII, had banished her, it was still an exciting moment to have a member of royalty come to their town. As I mentioned earlier, the night watch was cut down at one point. However, that was not the only time it was damaged or vandalized. First, it should be noted that this work had an extremely heavy-handed varnish applied to it at one point. This darkened it considerably, which is where the painting gets its name. In 1911, an angry shoemaker took a knife to the work and tried to cut it, but the varnish was so thick that it prevented it from taking any real damage. During World War II, the work was removed from its frame and rolled up. It was kept hidden away from the Nazis. After the war ended, the varnish was removed, revealing details not seen in centuries. In 1975, the painting was once again attacked, this time by a teacher. He used the knife and carved deep slashes into the work. Although much of it was repaired, there are still some areas where damage can be seen. Finally, in 2019, the most extensive restoration took place. Scientists and art historians worked together to use new techniques that cleaned the pigment bit by bit to reveal the most accurate painting possible. They also partnered with Google Arts and Culture to take hundreds of photographs for the website. Viewers are able to zoom in and move around on the painting, a great option if they can't make it to Amsterdam. I highly recommend you check out for yourself. The Night Watch by Rembrandt is an amazing beacon of Dutch Golden Age art. It takes the traditional military group portrait and elevates it using size, tenebrism, and motion. Make sure to tune in next week for the finale of Season 5. I'll be discussing another piece from the Dutch Golden Age, The Astronomer by Johannes Vermeer. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Accessible Art History, the podcast. Make sure you follow us on Instagram at accessible.art.history for updates and keep an eye out for our next episode. They drop every Monday on your favorite podcast platform.